Welcome to the Holisticology Podcast. This week, we'll be discussing spirituality, applications for heat and group healing practices, as well as all kinds of um, ways of exploring spirituality in our mental health practice. Stay tuned. This week, I'm going to be asking you a question. Are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready. Lay it on me. Okay. I've been thinking lately, it came up again since last time you and I have thought about this, talked about this together. I met a woman this week who is a psychiatrist, which I, and I sometimes when I'm working with psychiatrists experience, um, their mindset as being more kind of medical thinking. And so it was really surprising to me that she very quickly brought up the role of spirituality in how she works with clients. Mm-hmm. And it made me think a lot about how you and I often talk about this topic and explore this topic, spirituality in care. And my first question for you is super general. So I have a few, but the first one is what's the role of spirituality in mental health care? Wow. It's so simple and so big. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, I think that, you know, it, um, I, I'd be, I just have like, I'm thinking about this psychiatrist and I would be so interested to know like what, how you guys started talking about this because to your point, I feel like you and I geek out over a lot of different (laughs) things and spirituality (laughs) is like, you know, or the role of spirituality and Mm -hmm. mental health is like not at all random for, to, for that to come up in our conversations. And it's so cool to know that maybe other providers are also like actively thinking about this in their, in their care. Um, and so I don't know, what is the role of spirituality? I think in, within, I think maybe we need to define spirituality. Let's do it. I think for the purposes of this, I, and, and feel free to shape this. Mm -hmm. I feel like the role, like spirituality defined is the ability to connect to something that is bigger than oneself. And I, I'm going to keep it general, but I also want to make some, some like, I guess, clarifying statements and mm-hmm. saying that um, the spirituality can mean religion and religious practices. Uh, this is certainly the concept of connecting to maybe like a divine spirit where we can place our hopes and wishes and dreams and prayers and also feel like that divine spirit is interacting with us in our lives in very intimate ways. But I also think that spirituality, and and this is probably the direction that I'll go in more so to answer the question, the spirit, uh, that it doesn't have to mean religion. It can mean religion. I think spirituality though is broader than that and it's the ability to connect to something 
bigger than oneself and that could be some type of divine being but it can also be uh like energies right like connecting to energies that are maybe collective in nature like collective um i guess we can go so far as to say collective unconscious energies right Um, and or you know more kind of metaphysical beliefs and practices as well totally Um, yeah I think the energies thing is really interesting and I'll just shoot something past you to see what you think about it but Mm -hmm. I've been thinking lately about when speaking with people about the collective unconscious or something heady like energies and I think that something that we just really neatly summarizes really complicated phenomena that are happening around us and one Mm. way I've been thinking about it lately and I wonder if this is something that resonates with you but I've been thinking about the there's something called the ecological model which I know you know but for our listeners is Mm -hmm. the idea of these is that like circles no no the Bronfenbrenner, Brenner like the systems approach yeah the circle within the circle within the circle within the circle and the the you know center is the self and the individual and then going all the way out to heady stuff like time you know generations and uh right now the one I'm thinking about a lot is COVID being this kind of collective experience and then underneath that the workplace and underneath that the family and underneath that the self you know all these kinds of things and it's kind of like a nice way of connecting your idea of this you know this individual connecting to something larger but in kind of like a visually helpful way but Mm. I don't know if it's a complete picture for what you're talking about though yeah no I think you're you're that's super valid I think absolutely like this is very very it's it's hard to explain it's hard to describe and a lot of it I think uh, what you're getting at also is kind of very subjective in nature and there are multiple systems um, I guess within and around each other that interplay with energies right so or with with any of these like I guess themes um, so it's like the self it's others it's the world and you have these different kind of micro and macro cosms within that that all are like I think you use the word phenomenon and it is it's like this uh I I suppose one can perceive it as a sequela of of these phenomenon that 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 results in this ability to believe that there's more out there right that like it's not just it's not just us and it's just not us in a vat. Like there's so much more, um, that's, that's connected with that. Yes, absolutely. It's that, that us connected with others piece and, and other, maybe it's not just interpersonal, maybe it's other phenomena. I know we keep coming back to that word, but it's so interesting. Yeah. And you know, when you mentioned the ecological model, obviously 
Bron, I haven't even used the term Bron <laughs> friend Benner comes to mind, but I also am being dragged. I think, I think uh, Carl Jung did write pretty extensively on the concept of ecology in general and oh. more so kind of the connection to nature and like the, the anima archetype. And uh, I, I guess now that I'm talking and thinking about this, uh, the role of nature in spirituality, it, nature can be, uh, I think, subsumed under one of those kind of branches of spirituality, like you have religion, you have energy. And I also think that you have nature. And this is actually um, one example of that is like a lot of the Native American um, ceremonies and, and, and religious system in general is rooted in, in nature. And so I just wanted to insert that plug. I think it's yes. all really interesting. Well, um, but, but I think that uh, I love that and I want you to keep jumping off and going in that direction because I think my brain often goes to the interpersonal and sometimes it's harder almost for me to think about these things that so comes, comes so naturally to you. And I really want you to go there and keep talking about that nature and uh, different kind of energetic planes we can access and other, other ways in which we can be connecting to the higher self or something greater than the self or what, however you want to describe it. And so what's one yes. way we can do that? <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Wait. So yes. should we, uh, I'm like all so excited. Okay. Wait, let's talk about, let me talk broadly about the role of spirituality and then yeah. we can get into like how to access uh-huh. higher elements of the self through spirituality. Maybe we'll kind you of go, just kind of go, go top down like that. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I think the role of spirituality is just that, uh, is the ability to access, I think it's kind of twofold. I think it's the ability to access elements of the higher self. And I know we're dropping big terms here that might be helpful for our audience to to kind of know about. So when I'm talking about higher self, I'm more so referencing this uh, ability to kind of super, I don't know, Kathleen, like feel free to help me out, but Mm -hmm. the ability to like kind of go beyond like the ego and the parameters of like what we, um, what we experience in our everyday life and the higher self is kind of not only greater ideals and values, if this was a Freudian concept, this would, I think, very much be more in, like, the super ego world yeah. of things. But, um, but I would push and say even beyond that, like, in yoga, it might be something, like, called, like, the third eye. or And that's what I yes, was going like to your say, intuition. too. Exactly. Right, like, your intuition yeah. and kind of your inner guide of, like, sure. more... Um, more subjective ideals and values. And, mm-hmm. and, and I would even go so far as to say, and being able to rely on those mm-hmm. as um, valid sources of information. Yes. yes absolutely. You know, so yes. like I, in terms of your intuition, like some people are like, well, like, how do I trust my intuition? Right. And that's mm-hmm. actually another interesting, very robust question. And what is intuition in general? Um, 
And I think that it's just this kind of, I'm not going to get into intuition just quite yet, but the higher self is the, the ability to access that and also trust it as a reliable form of information, almost equally to the objective world and what yeah. we can actually see and gather in real life and in real time, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. A hundred percent. It makes sense to me. And I think the other thing that comforts me is thinking about some of these heady terms and recognizing that it might be another term for something that we're studying in a Mm -hmm. sciencey kind of way, like evolutionary science and thinking about how many generations and genetics and all these things have come to help us have experiences that we may not you know experiences like intuition that might feel like they're coming from nowhere but they're not they're coming from a really smart place too yes absolutely. that kind of stuff yeah but, but keep going because you're okay on roll. yes 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 so the I want to just answer the question because it's it's going to have tentacles anyway but I mm-hmm. think the role of spirituality in mental health is is a collection of practices, right? So there's obviously this is broad, but it's a collection of practices that allow one to temporarily suspend their individual identity and place it in that of something greater. And that can have very transformative and healing, um, I guess, repercussions Um, really because when I think that, um, not only does it just simply facilitate hope when we're allowed to believe in something that's bigger than us, that's outside of our control, especially when things feel very uncontrollable and chaotic, that that definitely can function as a form of relief for, distress. And we see that all the time when people, and I'm going to revert to religion, but again, this isn't, um, this isn't the end all and be all of spirituality, but that is why I think we see people maybe praying more intensely when times are uncertain, right? It, it allows us to take comfort in knowing that perhaps something greater has a say in the outcome of our current situation or our lives in general and that that can facilitate a lot of uh, hope and relief I also think and um, I'm gonna again go back to this I don't know why I'm like reverting back to total um, ego language for this question but I think that it allows for us to um, move away from the ego so like it's this kind of very judgmentally um, space at times especially in this day and age and it allows us to suspend the the ego identity in in a way that allows us to um, to kind of give our mental mindset a a break for lack of a better word. Um, I think it allows us to temporarily suspend what we know to be perhaps true based on our kind of conscious reasoning. And it allows us to step into another world and acquire information in a different way. And what we can talk about like in intuition in that sense and, or, um, 
I think it gets a little bit more complex when you start to get into like, you know, whether or not we, we believe in, in signs and, and, um, what exactly the spiritual information per se is telling us and what we do with that information. But I think that it allows for, for a a shift from the everyday identity of the self. And it puts it in that of the identity of something bigger or the identity of a group or the identity of a greater energy. And that that's relieving. Mm. I think it kind of allows for like a, um, there's a term that comes to mind and it's a psychoanalytic term that's called regression in the service of the ego And it's a term that essentially means like, I'll just give a metaphor. When you go home to your parents' house as an adult and you're able to curl up on the couch and maybe your mom or dad feeds you a bowl of soup and you're able to just lay down and it's all very reminiscent of when we were, um, when we were younger and it's very comforting and it's, it's a regression and it gives the ego a break to recuperate. And that's the concept is that our ego is always working to analyze information real time. It's our, um, our judgmental self, it's our rational self. And to be able to move away from that and give the ego a break, um, essentially it services the ego, a greater healing function. Um, and so we can regress in the form of, in the service of the ego. But I think in the case of spirituality, we can like, I don't know if this is a term or not, but we can almost progress in the service of the ego, like move into more of a group healing, Mm. um, belief system that allows for a similar sort of, um, service to the actual ego that is more grounded in more of a conscious reasoning here and now objective world. I love that. I love everything you said. And I thought that was so fascinating. And now I'm thinking more about places to give (laughs) my ego a break. I mean, it sounds awesome. But I'm also I, I think this is a nice jumping off point for some other things you're really interested in. Because we talked just about spirituality and for some other folks, it might have more of an individual component, but it sounds like the way you're using this resource in mental health care is really collective focus, mm-hmm. like how, how to kind of almost get out of yourself in some ways. And that's exactly yeah. what I would say yeah. I mean, in its simplest form. I do think that that is, I I, I would say, just to speak for myself, Mm -hmm. I think that that's definitely how I view the role of spirituality and mental health care is the ability to move away from the the identity of the self, which is at times conflicted, right? you know, Mm -hmm. And, and so the ability to move away from that and find, find comfort, take comfort and or have alternative pers- alternative perspectives is that can be accessed through a whole host of different beliefs practices um you know all of these things is is where it's at like this is an untapped resource that can certainly that i think that should have its its place in modern mental health care absolutely absolutely so 
I know that one application of this particular way of viewing spirituality that you've spoken about for some time is in collective group practices, which is something you have a specific interest in. And I was wondering if you could just geek out for a minute and talk a bit about that. <laughs> yes, you're totally indulging me. I and I love it. Well, I love it. Too. <laughs> so I think with the collective group practices, I'm I'm a fan of targeting healing through alternative routes, and and, and uh, still under the umbrella of mental health, and so like essentially aiming to facilitate psychological change through mind, body, and spiritual practices that are available. And so, and, and that's because I, well, I just think, and I think I can safely say we both agree that there's just, there's a very, I don't want to say untapped world because this is a very active, ancient, there's so many different rich practices that are just have stood the test of time in so many amazing ways. So it's not like these are untapped as if no one knows about them. I would say Western healthcare and Western philosophical ideologies are very different from a lot of these practices. And so I think there's a lack of education and awareness and a lack of education and awareness in how these these practices can facilitate deep psychological change. And, um, that's why I, I, you know, me, I, my research, uh, was on the concept of group heated practices, such as more formal practices like the native American sweat lodge ceremony. Um, in addition to more modern practices like hot yoga, because I feel that, and, and certainly there's a lot of ethnographic research and also modern empirically based research to support the concept that healing, I, I guess I just wanted to research this really, this really intense set of practices, right? You have the concept of the group, you have the concept of the heat, and within those two huge domains so many other dynamics are going on and you have you're you're in your body but very much in your mind within those practices and the thing is my interest in in group sweat practices which I, I realize it's weird to say people are like what the heck are group sweat practices it's just any any practice that's heated that you do with a group of people so this could be your average saunas and steam rooms it could be a hot yoga class and or it could be more ceremonial uses of the heat like the native american sweat lodge ceremony the Islamic hammam, you know, the Russian banya, which is also similar, I guess, to Turkish baths, Finnish saunas. We see cultural variations of group sweat practices play out over millennia, and it's amazing. And so I'm just so interested in that. Many of them are tied to a spiritual uh, they have a spiritual root, um, and some of them are very ceremonial in nature, like the Native American spot lodge ceremony is highly ritualized and ceremonial and, serv and services a lot of different needs within Native American culture. So, like, need you know, they use – and 
what I mean by needs is they use the ceremony for lots of different things, like before weddings, before war, after war, um, during their, you know, they use the element of the heat even for childbirth purposes and, um, or in preparation for, you know, for fertility. And so there's just a lot of rich things there. And I like it because I guess that my, my fascination is like, if we have access to something that is, has provides this space for us to potentially connect to this higher energy or higher power within the context of a group, while our body is also going through quite a rigorous uh, process of transformation, even just within that, you know, that hour or those couple hours, then, then that's really rich. And that should be explored in terms of being able to delineate more hard science on the efficacy of these practices in modern mental health care. Totally. What would it look like for you to apply heat to your, like if you could in a dream world, yeah, and you could make it however you wanted. Let's say there were no limits in any way. Yeah. How many people would you have in there? What would it look like? Yeah. What would you expect to see? How would you mm. want to do it? Good, good question. And, and one that I think about very often. <laughs> I think I would, you know what? So this is where my, my, my other clinical hat comes on. I would actually use heat. So a lot of, I think I want to, I want to backpedal a second here. And I want to also say that I think with spirituality um, and and the ability to place our kind of our, our ego or temporarily suspend kind of our identity, it allows for um, us to work through some really tough things. And I think it's like even really, um, and it allows us to, to understand the world perhaps differently. And that that's really powerful in terms of, uh, like really, I think trauma work, um, a lot of the, a lot of what I would hope to do with, with heated practices is, do more actual, like use the heat as a form of exposure to uncomfortable physiological states and using a controlled heated environment with the group where there is perhaps, I won't say a spiritual overtone. I actually don't know if I would use that, but more of a, um, the ability to connect to the group and um, almost communicate non-verbally with the group as a way of um, supporting each other through the exposure process mm. um, is is really how I would how I would use it. And I would do it. I think I would do it in the form of a you know, of course, with proper certification or or trained colleagues. Um, I would use the heat to. I would do it in a form of a yoga class. So a hot, a structured, regimented hot yoga class 
that's used as a form of exposure to physiological distress with the concept of allowing habituation to occur and also being able to sort of, I don't want to say sneak in spirituality in a way that's manipulative, but allow one to access some of the elements that spirituality provides in a more controlled and familiar setting. That makes so much sense. So the group in the way, can I test back and see how I'm thinking about it? So in your framework, you're providing heat as exposure so that hopefully, meaning hopefully over time, folks are able to practice having arousal and, and, um, experience that in a way that if it becomes overwhelming or if there's need for support beyond just habituating to getting essentially getting used to that you're able to rely on a the structure of the class Mm -hmm. and expectations but b the spirituality and connection with others so the idea would be seeing others non-verbally go through similar experiences and being able to handle it would it be yeah what are other things you're kind of picturing I, I think it's that spiritual component yeah I think that's a that's a good question I th- and, and and quite honestly I don't have all of that ironed out I don't know exactly so I I think that in in my practice spirituality in order for, I think, it to be accessible and understandable, and I, and I want, really want to preface this by saying that, like, all forms of spirituality are valid and can have very um, meaningful places in healing and mental health care in general. And, and, and I ad- don't at all mean to, like, reduce or be reductionistic in how I talk about spirituality. I also think that it doesn't have to stay in this really tabooed space like I feel like it is. Mm. And it needs to be like brought down into much more of an applied format. Um, And so that could mean – so in in terms of what like an applied variation of spiritual um, spirituality might be, you know, um, allowing one or kind of – using um i guess even like verbal cues within a heated setting or not right i mean i'm talking to answer the question of what my heated ideal setting and incorporation of spirituality would look like um is that you know maybe um connecting to the energy of the group allowing the energy of the group to carry you and also removing your, you know, practicing removing your ego and being at one with a group such that um, there's, there's no judgment, right? It's like a, a trusting space. Um, and it's a space of really high cohesion with a group. And that it, um, that, that, you know, essentially, I think the the dynamics that the group and the and the heat bring are metaphors. They're they're metaphorical experiences, if that makes any sense. Um, Describe more because it does make sense. Like yes. Keep going. So you know, um, 
I think the let's just go back to more of a psychoanalytic metaphor. The the role of the heat could very much be representative of like the the mother's womb. I and was that's... just about to <laughs> say that just to tease you. Like no, you're a hundred percent right. I agree. And and so that's very um that is so I don't want to put spirituality all back in psychoanalysis because that's not that's like sort of I mean this is a very Jungian space for sure um, but it's just they're also they're also different so um, I think it you know using the metaphor of okay we also have um, these experiences where we have in the heat the heat does a lot to the mind um, it unleashes a lot of thoughts, a lot of memories, a lot of fantasies. Um, and not all of them are pleasurable and comfortable. It also, um, and yoga in general can do this. You hear a lot about like it can, um, drudge up a lot of shadow material. And, um, and so, and certainly these aren't mutually exclusive. The heat can do it alone. Yoga can do it alone. But when we have these dynamics that are drudging up so much psychological content, so to speak, by nature, because they're um, not only are we within the context of a group, but our body is going through something very rigorous. And that is just a, it's a sensory um, overload almost. Um, but that that is also very representative of like what spirituality facilitates exactly right so like it's the ability to um utilize different elements of our senses like our intuition it allows us to suspend our individual identity and place it in that of a group um where the group can can heal together and um it allows us to connect to both our own energy, literally, like we're shifting emotional energy within our body when we're engaging in these practices. But it also allows us to, um, I guess, kind of imagine the greater energy of the group. And that's what spirituality is. A lot of it's it's the ability to imagine something bigger. It's not the actual confirmation that something is bigger than us, right? It's the ability to perceive that it's there and that it's real and 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 it can serve a, a function of healing and i think that's where the element of the heat and the group they're they're representative of that um they're representative of some of the very heady spirituality dynamics that are able to be accessed through um connecting with a group of people um, experiencing uh, perhaps maybe some shadow material come up and also know that you're in a safe space within a group. It's like, you know, um, I am almost as I'm talking now, I'm thinking about it almost like a, like a mass service, right? It's like, why do we go to mass? What is the point? It's mm -hmm. to connect collectively to that that calming presence of, of the divine. Right. Mm -hmm. And so of course, hot yoga and heated practices are not aiming in as I would carry them out. They're not aiming to do that, but something like a native American sweat lodge ceremony absolutely, um, does do that. And it mm -hmm. also, you know, there's the world is endless. I think it, there's ways of tying in 
nature into the heat and yoga and connecting through the a, a greater natural power right and energy um but i feel like i'm all over the place i i would uh i just want to bring it in a little bit and and say that for me like if i had my ideal world i would do maybe like no more than t- 10 to 12 people in a heated setting I think it would be, um, I would love to do it with a clinical population for the management of anxiety and PTSD using controlled, right? It's not just like you have to be thrown in a room that's a thousand degrees and stay there for an hour. This is all gentle, if even um, gradually kind of gradual yet prolonged exposures to a heated setting. Um, while working through a lot of um, the psychological barriers that sometimes hold us back that can be shifted when we're um, engaging within a um, setting where there's group cohesion in addition to um, working through the physiological dysregulation of the heat. I love it so much. And I'm thinking one of the things, because I've been trying to think about what it is, because I so agree with you, the spiritual nature of connecting with others. And you said that the peace of being in the presence of the divine. And I think it's also something to do with being around other people. And when you're engaging in movement or exposure, there is some element that's different from sitting around in a group where just the tells are so strong. Like it's just all out there in a way that can be so comfortable when you're feeling so vulnerable you know, everyone's, if nothing more, you can't prevent your body from sweating. You can't repress that, you know, like that will happen, you know, and that's, that's just one piece of this, but how, how normal, how human it is to have this experience with other human beings and to, to have that recognized and validated with others. I just, I want to be a part of this class whenever you put it together. <laughs> I know. I <laughs> you know. know, it's beautiful. I would love to. And I think that what, I don't know what you just said that reminded me of this, but it's really like, I think spirituality, one of the things that we didn't put under the definition of it was like a belief that gives meaning to life. Mm. Right. Like I, and I, I feel like that, is important because it is a belief and it's usually a practice within that belief that facilitates like not only the ability to connect to a higher power but in a way that gives life profound meaning yeah and i think that for me the role of spirituality and mental health care is the collection of practices that give meaning to life and that's sometimes very literal and it's sometimes very metaphorical and I feel like for me my research was the happy that like these heated practices are the the blending of the literal and metaphorical access to these types of things um but I think that so I think you know it that's a little bit, that's a little bit watery. Um, and I don't want to throw off the clarity of the conversation, but I do think that like, um, any practice that allows you to connect to 
uh, other people and or a greater power that gives meaning to life or that allows you to understand your life differently. Um, that's what spirituality can do in mental health care. Like that's the stuff of healing, <laughs> mm. you know, it's so profound. It's said again and again and again, and it never stops being true and incredibly powerful. I'm, I'm, I'm left with that question and thought for myself, as I'm sure all people are anytime you, you sit with that. So as a way of wrapping up, will you say that again, because it was so beautifully said? Oh my gosh. The definition or yeah, the you, role or no, you just <laughs> You just added about the purpose of life. Yes. 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 Okay. You're testing my own working memory. Mm -hmm. I think that the role of spirituality, I think that the role of spirituality in mental health care is the ability to connect to both other people and or something bigger than oneself as a means of finding meaning in life it oh, yeah yeah <laughs> i'm gonna put that quote in big bold letters on my you know in my car and see it every single day i just we think need that's bumper beautiful stickers. exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah but of course people get in accidents reading that you know how big would that sticker be? <laughs> they're all disoriented oh my god yeah, exactly exactly oh I just want to say amen. Amen. Yes. Oh, amen. Pun intended. I know. It was perfect for this. Really, to thank you, Emily. Thank okay. you. Thank you so much. This was great. Thank you for indulging me. All right. Well, good night. Good night.